Hello and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with you all on this now um, June the 9th, Tuesday of 2020. Uh, yesterday, we had the privilege and, and the honor to begin our week uh, studying, uh, beginning to study on the life of righteous Noah. We are so excited today to to have you with us today. We are so grateful uh, that you would take out of your time to join us today on this Bible study. And, and this is really what uh, this is all about, you know, is opening up the Word of God and and looking at it through a prophetic lens, what God is saying. And so we are so happy uh, that you join us together because truly there is a fellowship uh, when we come together, when we break bread, something happens, something takes place. And I just want to encourage you to continue to join us. I know today you'll be blessed. Continue to join us this week and tell others uh, of what uh, God is doing. So without further ado, we want to give as much time to the Word of God uh, this this Tuesday. And uh, it's a pleasure to be here with the panel, as always, Brother Marty, Brother Fernando, Brother Jeremiah. Always a pleasure and an honor to study the Word of God together in these days. Brother Marty, without further ado, we'll leave it to you to share what God has placed in your heart as we study the Word of God. Amen. We're continuing with part two of our series on the days of Noah. And we're really uh, still just beginning to enter into these things. As as we dig into them, we begin to see just how much is, is really revealed there um, that may not go easily noticed. But as the Holy Spirit writes and begins to reveal uh, through the words of our Lord, we continue to look at these things in order that we can prepare ourselves as Father Noah did. And the reason we say that is because I'm going to read quickly here from chapter 17 of the Gospel of St. Luke. If you have your Bibles, that's where we are. Luke chapter 17. The Lord said in verse 26, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. And that's the premise of our study this week as we continue to look at the words that the Lord gave us because he admonished us to look at those days, to understand the similarities. And they were meant to be uh, statements that would alert that final generation uh, to the, the times, the seasons, and the general climate and prophetic season that would come upon the final generation that would alert it to the fact that the Lord is coming. And as we began to dig into this yesterday, we, we went up to to look at the fullness of what led to that statement, what brought the Lord into the statement as it was in the days of Noah. And so we want to look at a few of those things still. We're going to be looking at Noah's life in the coming days of this week. We're going to be coming from Genesis chapter 6, where it is revealed uh, there the qualities and characteristics of not only the time that he was living in, but also how he responded to them. And so when the Lord says, as it was in the days of Noah, it it lets us know that the days of Noah were more than just, here comes the flood and let's build an ark. <laughs> He's trying to draw our attention to Noah himself. And and that's what we're going to look at in the coming days. I don't know if we'll actually get to, to those more specific, you know, character <clears throat> traits today. 
because, uh, but if we do, we do. But we want to look at some of the things that led up to that statement. We began to explore them yesterday, but I, I feel by the, by the Lord uh, today as, as I was reviewing these things that, that there's yet a little bit more that we can glean out of out of this story. And it's important, like Brother Fernando said yesterday, because it leads into that statement as it was in the days of Noah. And so <laughs> let us take a look. Brother Jeremy, can you read, uh, we'll begin with this in, in verse 20 and, and, and 21. We'll begin with that those first two verses again, and we'll revisit them. Because the Lord goes into that statement of the days of Noah, days of Lot, actually, uh, as being indicative of, of, of signs to that final generation that, that he was soon to appear. But what led into that was this confrontation he has with the religious leaders of the day. And we'll begin there, and we'll go down the passage again and dig out a few more things that are that, that are that I believe are relevant to our time, and and uh, and and we can learn some some things from there. And uh, and time permitting, we'll head over to Genesis six. But if not, we'll pick that up, Lord willing, tomorrow. Um, but but let us look, Brother Jeremy. Could you read verse twenty and twenty one again? He's being confronted by the Pharisees, and we want to look at what it was they were actually telling him and in how he responds and then goes on to begin to specifically address his disciples in verse 22 of chapter 17 uh what it was that Jesus was actually revealing not only to their generation but to all the generations that would lead up until the second coming of the Lord so can you read verse 20 and 21 and we'll pick it up from there brother Jeremy yes and when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come he answered them and said, The kingdom of God covet not with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Okay, so, and then from there he goes on and begins to talk to his disciples. But let's take a look at a little of the background here. And you guys jump in at any time. And Lord, we thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So listen. Uh, the 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 ministry of Jesus in, had reached a crisis point. Really, so great was the demonstration of the power of the Lord. You know, I've talked to my wife about this many times. You know, I said, you know, honey, the the <laughs> the Jesus that we see presented in the modern day church is 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 is, <laughs> is so weak and so limited. If they even mention right. his name at all anymore, right? I mean, you, you rarely hear anything about him anymore. But, but, but us living, you know, all these years later, and I believe we've come to this final generation. I believe that the that the Lord wants uh, that the Holy Spirit is going to magnify the Lord uh, as He should be uh, amongst His right. people, so that we can get, so that we can understand who is this Lord, who is this Master that we're following you know I, I i i've talked to her many times about it as the holy spirit has drawn my attention to it consider the jesus that we have presented today if at all like i said and consider the real jesus of the scripture i use the example of the garden of gethsemane you know when they came to get it when judas the betrayer was leading them they came with soldiers with swords with weapons you know and, and that's just such an interesting. And Jesus even asked him, "Would you come? Why are you coming after me like this?" Right? Well, the truth of the matter is, 
is that he's he's the Lord. He's the master yeah. of all glory. He was magnificent to behold. And the and the interesting thing to me is that is that what has transpired, for instance, in Isaiah chapter fifty three, that famous, you know, passage that that reveals the Lord as as Isaiah revealed him first as the one who would take upon him the sins of the world. He says in there that when we looked at him, when Isaiah was prophesying of, of the day when he would appear the first time, he said when we looked at him, there was nothing to be desired of him. We we found nothing beautiful about him. And so preachers have taken those words and, and have have assumed that what that meant was that he wasn't anything spectacular. He was just a regular guy. But that's not what Isaiah was actually revealing. What he meant by those words was that there was no attractiveness to him because of the message that he brought. They were looking, as we said, for that, that conquering king. They were looking for that that magnificent the David or Solomon or someone like that, right? But, but so, but Isaiah says that we, we we found no beauty in him. We there was no comeliness about him. We didn't we didn't receive him, uh, you know. And that's why he starts out in Isaiah fifty three saying, "Who who will believe our report? To whom is the right. arm of the Lord revealed?" Right? What and that that phrase that that I let's take a look at that real quick before I go on because. Because we need to look at that in Isaiah 53. Can't just assume that people know what we're talking about here. Those of you that are listening, <clears throat> this is this is a misinterpretation of of Isaiah. He wasn't saying Jesus was some wimpy dude. He because he uses phrases that we should uh, we should we should understand because the characteristics that he mentions indicate great strength and power. So in Isaiah 53, he says, who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? That phrase, the arm of the Lord, it, it, it is the strength of the Lord, the power of the Lord. And, and he's literally referencing uh, his, his, his quality, his characteristic. He was the Lord of glory, the, the strength of the Lord present with men. But when Isaiah says, who's believed our report? And and who and to whom is the Lord revealed? He's referencing the fact that as he goes on uh, to describe him, that that it was a, it was a dichotomy. It was it was a confusion because of all they had been taught uh, erroneously, really, that there would come this this magnificent conquering Messiah. They misinterpreted the prophetic scriptures of God. And so Isaiah says, he's the arm of the Lord, though. He's the express power of the Father. He's the son of the living God. But he has to be revealed. And he goes on to say, he grows up uh, before the Lord as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. In other words, the the kind of uh, uh, shape or mission that we thought he would come in was not attractive to us. And and when we see him, he says, there's no beauty that we should desire him. He wasn't preaching a magnificent revival of the Israeli empire or the kingdom of God amongst men on heaven. And that's why he says there's no beauty there. And and then it talks about him being despised and rejected of men, a man acquainted 
with sorrows and, and grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him, and, and we despised and we esteemed him not. It, and, and he goes on from there. So let's go back and look at Luke again with that in mind. This is why when we read in verse 20 where it says uh, he was demanded of the Pharisees, when is this kingdom of God going to come? Uh, the pressure of the ministry of Jesus had so reverberated across the territories, reaching all the way into Jerusalem. Because remember, I don't know what most people imagine, but when Jesus came to the temple uh, that was in Jerusalem in his day, it was a magnificent structure. It was huge. Uh, if you get a picture of the Vatican in Rome and you see those poor, you know, the, the, all the marble floors and the big outside, uh, you know, square where the, where the Pope goes and preaches to people. I mean, that's a big place, the Vatican. It's like two square miles, I think, the total. Well, the actual temple in Jerusalem was bigger than that. It was massive. And it had been, uh, it had undergone a, a, a building project that lasted over 46 years under King Herod. And it was considered the eighth wonder of the world of that day. People would come from all over just to see it. They said that when the sun would rise in the east, that it would hit those two pillars in front of the temple of God. And, 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 and they would reflect the light of the sun. And it would literally like two laser beams light up the whole uh, valley and mountains of, of Jerusalem. It was it was quite a sight to behold. So it was this massive structure that was well entrenched with some very powerful people in power. You know, the high priest and and the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the whole structure of it. It was incredibly well entrenched and very much connected to the Roman Empire. Uh, in other words. You didn't, I mean, like if you and I went over to, I keep using this because it's kind of like the best example. If you and I went over to Rome today and tried to to go see the Pope, good luck. I mean, you're not going to get anywhere near the dude, right? But it's the same kind of feeling with the high priest and with the chief priests and the chief Sadducees and Pharisees of the day. You ain't going to go visit those dudes if you were just some... Some Jewish guy from Galilee, you know, you, you go to the on the Sabbath day, you go to your local church, your local synagogue, all throughout the land. You know, you had little rabbis in charge of little congregations. You try to go to headquarters and meet the chief ruling elite of the religious class. Good luck, buddy. Unless you have connections, you ain't even getting anywhere near those guys. So, so the fact that Jesus could walk into that situation and he was well known by the high ruling elite he was magnificent he was a powerful man he was the son of the living god <laughs> you know i mean <laughs> think of it this way too uh you know when we talk about peter james john you know the fishermen these were hard working dudes man I mean, these were these were men's men, you know. Peter was the kind of dude who'd whip out a sword in an instant and try and cut your head off like he did in the Garden of Gethsemane. James and John were guys who said at one time, let's call fire down on the Samaritans and burn them to a crisp. I mean, these guys were radical. <laughs> right? I mean, they, they weren't your effeminate little preacher boys we have today. I mean, these were these were men's men. And, oh, and I say that. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I say that to say men 
do not follow wimpy men. You know, the, think about it. I mean, Peter and James, John, they left their business, bro. I mean, they left their businesses. They left their wives, their kids. They left everything to follow this man. He was magnificent. Tens of thousands of people would crowd around him. It got so bad that, 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 that remember that story of the woman who pressed through the crowd and grabbed a hold of his garment and, and they, and they, and they said, he said, who touched me? And everybody turned to the Lord and said, what do you mean who touched you? There's thousands of people trying to touch you, right? My point again is this, he is magnificent and he was mighty, but his message is what made him unattractive because his I, message, I remember, go ahead, brother. <laughs> you know, I remember in, uh, a good friend, brother Nicky Cruz, and when he first heard the gospel uh, of the message, of the mm. gospel when Brother Wilkerson preached about him dying on the cross, you yeah. know, and 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 he was moved by by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. This is a hardened gangster, yeah, you know, and and he said that he he couldn't believe it, you know, what the price that Jesus paid, and he didn't deserve it, and and yeah. it was that that kind of you know magnificence, the kind of power that Jesus had, a man's man. That he was willing to die for sinners. Yeah. That's what brought a uh, Nicky Cruz to the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? And and and, and, and this is a man that's preached to millions, yeah. millions of people of of the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And I'm reminded of that when you were talking about the apostles, you know, and, yeah. and and in comparison to the kind of messages that we hear today about Jesus. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, like, like he's some surfing Jesus, and he has a surfboard, you know, and, and, and he's just a cool, cool Jesus. No, yeah. no this was this was this uh, a man, like you said, that an army was brought to to arrest him. Yes, one guy, the son of the son of God. You, you're so yeah. right. You are so right, brother. <laughs> um, and, and we we had the conversation, you know, some months ago, I think, about. Mm -hmm. We we posed the question, you know, who who is Jesus? You know, how how is he being, uh, how, how is he being re represented to this generation? Yes, is he the resurrected Christ? Is he the, the, the Christ who's been given all power by by the Father? Who, what kind of Jesus are we representing? Amen. That's powerful, powerful thought. Praise the Lord. Yes, yes. Brother Jeremy, you're gonna say something. No, I, I was just thinking about when uh, John the Baptist was baptizing thousands of people there, but when he saw Jesus coming, mm. <laughs> I could just right. imagine the the crowds moving to the side as as John points him out. Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. This yeah. man, Jesus, walked different, talked differently. You know what I mean? And many times we can confuse his humility with, you know, he, he was humble, but he was full of power, you know. And when he walked, you always see a crowd of people walking with him, whether they were curious, whether they wanted to hear, whatever it was. There was something about Jesus. So, yes, brother, uh, amen. And, and, yeah, and along those lines, I mean, think about it. Let's just look at that even further because... Uh, you know, he he went into that that place. We were talking about the temple, which had which which had many many uh, 
pathways and, 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 and leading up into it. I mean, there's the pool of Bethesda, which is down off to the mountain on the side. There's the, the Gaihan Spring, which they would preach with March. I mean, this is a big complex, you know, that Jesus walked in. And then once you get up into the temple proper, there's this massive thing called Solomon's Porch that's just huge and filled with, with, with uh, those pillars, you know, that held up uh, spaces where the where the leading preachers of the day would gather, and then there's the outward court. You know, as you approach the temple up on the mountain, where they had instituted, uh, you know, corporate Judaism. I mean, they, they were selling sheep and doves and exchanging money, and you know, uh, it was it was a well entrenched, uh, greedy business of religion. And here comes the magnificent Lord of Glory, and the Bible yeah, yeah. tells us. He made a whip, you know. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <to> God. <laughs> oh, man, I get all choked up when I think about it because this is Jesus, man. And and it is the yeah. zeal uh, and the desire as, as I get older and as, as we grow in him and you, you we have come to know him, brothers. I know you feel this because, you know, they've done an injustice to the Lord. This yes. is the Lord of glory. <laughs> and when he came into that temple, he, he took charge, man. He took charge of, of over 400 years of religious establishment, mm -hmm. four centuries of, yes. of well-entrenched systems of men mixed with religion, of the greed and, 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 and the manly splendor of it all, you know, that they had, they had polished every every corner of that place it, it was it was it's it's limestone it's portals it's porticos glimmering i mean all of it it just oozed with pride and and arrogant uh you know religiosity you know the robes jesus would talk about of those religious leaders they make long their phylacteries you know they pretend to pray really loud they have chief places where they sit and you know, the festivals when the tens of thousands gather in Jerusalem, they, they love walking around all them people and being in power. Jesus walks into this scene and makes a whip and cleans house and nobody touched him. Nobody. Oh my God. He got he got the attention of the ruling elite. They came out, the Bible tells us and said, What? They didn't say, get him, arrest him. Even the time the temple guards they one time sent to him, they came to arrest him and they yeah. couldn't. <laughs> this is the lord you know this is the lord of glory so powerful like you said brother fernando earlier about brother cruz think of the power of, of the lord that that his strength held him to that cross even yeah. when they were mocking him and and all that he said it himself nay nobody can take my life <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. hallelujah hallelujah i lay it down yes. man. And I'm going to pick it up again. My God. Yes. That's what my father told me I can do. And he did. He walked out of that tomb as the son of the living God, the beginning of the creation of God, you know, whose eyes, John said, my God, he, his eyes were like a flame of fire. With two words, he knocked all them soldiers over in the Garden of Gethsemane. Right? He said, who are you looking for? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I am. And the Bible says in the Gospel of John, they all fell backwards. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> my God. You know, we don't right. follow a weak, a weak kneed, Nordic-looking, you know, blue-eyed, uh, 
a sandal wearing, you know, carrying a little fat sheep under his arm. Jesus, that's not the Jesus we serve. We, <laughs> we serve a resurrected Lord who's seated at the right hand of the Creator. My God, He's the Lord of Glory. And so, and so, remember, you know, like Brother Jeremy pointed out. Uh, this is when they come and they demand of him, when is the king, uh, if some of you are going, I thought you were talking about Noah. We are. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> we are. You just don't know it yet, but we are. Listen, <laughs> when they come and they demand of the Pharisees uh, when the kingdom of God is coming, understand the background, right? Because some of these guys, they were there uh, when Zechariah, John the Baptist's daddy, came out of the out of the holy place, having burned incense and having had a, a vision uh, and an actual manifestation of the archangel Gabriel, who stood on the right hand side of the altar and told him that 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 the spirit of Elijah was coming upon a child that was about to be born, and, and it was going to be Zechariah's child. And when he came out, the Bible records that he couldn't talk, and they knew that he had had a vision. And and this is in the temple proper that we've been describing. So. They already began to be alerted that something was going on. And by the time Jesus shows up, it's some 30 years later, but some of those guys were there. Some of those guys had, had come up up underneath the ranks. And then John finally shows up preaching, right? And, and, uh, and, and, and the whole of Jerusalem, the whole of Israel is being shaken. People are going out to his baptism. And the Pharisees even, even confronted John then and asked him if he was the Messiah. It gives you an idea. This guy was clothed in in, in a leather girdle and, and and wearing camel's hair. You know his face, uh, you know, tan, bronzed, and with 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 sun bleached lines etched on his face. Man, I mean, he's out there preaching. You know, he he lives on honey, wild honey, and locusts. This guy, <laughs> you know, and he's he's preaching repent because the kingdom of heaven is. It got the attention of the ruling right. class and they would go out there and so powerful was his ministry they asked him if he was the messiah but what did he say about the lord of glory he says man i'm not even worthy to unloose his sandals my god yes. <laughs> hallelujah yes yes hallelujah glory to god. Glory to god. my god you know satan himself came and confronted him satan the most powerful angel ever made comes and, and and tries to fight he didn't leave it to one of the lower level demonic powers he came himself and, and ran away with his tail between his legs praise god and jesus came out of that wilderness <laughs> Hallelujah. he ran and came out of the wilderness and says full of the holy ghost Hallelujah. Right, glory right. to god my god so so this is the lord of glory and 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 you know uh all these other things that they had heard of the magi who came in when he was just born, right? A year and a half older, so looking for him. You know, the, the Simeon in, in, in the temple when Jesus was eight days old, lifting him up and saying, This is the light to the Gentiles, you know, this is the Lord of glory. Uh, all of those things occurring in and around the ruling establishment. And so they began to 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 investigate and to see. And 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 Jesus, uh, as he goes in later to talk about the days of Noah, this is what triggered it, you know, because the, when they came and demanded of him, 
when is this kingdom going to come? Everybody's talking about it. We've been hearing about it for three decades now. When? They wanted, which indicates that they had been examining him. They had been investigating him. And, 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 <laughs> and he basically exposed them for, for not understanding the true meaning of the, of the prophetic scriptures. Because he goes on to say it, it's not going to come with observation. What he was literally telling them is, is you're investigating because of many and multiple reasons. But the truth of the matter is, is that the kingdom of heaven is within you. In other words, either God is ruling in your heart or he isn't, because that's where he establishes his reign, within the spirit of a man, within the heart of a man. And, and you're not going to be, right, you're not going to be able to say it's here or it's there, because it first must begin inside you. And that's why there was no comeliness. That's why they rejected him. And it's the same thing today. You know, where is the promise of his coming, right? That's what Peter said they're going to say. Where is the promise of his coming? Just as in the days of Noah, which we'll be heading to as the week goes along, as you guys have pointed out, that he was a preacher of righteousness. And in essence, they mocked him and, and refused to receive his word, saying, where is the promise of this judgment that's supposed to come, right? I mean, it's the same flow. And, right. and, 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 there, and that's why Jesus would say, hey, it's not here or there. It's inside you. Uh, it must be established within your heart. And that is a message they didn't want to hear. One, because they were so self-righteous, you know, that they thought that they were, they were good with God. But he exposed that they weren't. And, and as a result, uh, they despised him. There was no beauty that they desired him. They were looking for something completely different. And then, and then they walk away. And so then we come to verse 22, and he turns to his disciples. And, and, and that's where I think that we can learn some things today as well. Because remember, all of these things we're talking about right now flow and culminate with him saying it's going to be like the days of Noah, just like the days of Noah. And like Brother Fernando pointed out yesterday, these events that we're looking at as we head into exploring the days of Noah are, are well connected because as he begins to talk to the disciples, he, he takes them and, and pushes them well into the future, right? right. He, says that, he said to his disciples, the days will come, which indicates future, when you shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you won't see it. So, <laughs> you know, the words of the Lord, uh, we should really reflect upon them, especially now. Um, and remember, he's connecting his revealed thoughts uh, of the disciples where he says here in verse 22, you're going to long to see one of my days. He's connecting them with the days of Noah. And that's important to understand because we begin to get a little bit of the backdrop of the sense of what it would be like. And he connects that to the days of Noah. You're going to desire to see one of my days, but you won't see it. I believe the Lord was indicating uh, just how empty culture, society, uh, and yes, even within the community of religion, just how empty and void of the present Lord Jesus it would become in the future. That's what he was revealing to them. Could you read verse 22, Brother Jeremy, again? Yes. Um, it says, And he said unto the disciples, The days will come 
when ye shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and ye shall not see it. That's an incredible statement because, again, like we're saying, he's leading into that statement, that concluding statement, just like it was in the days of Noah. So from that, we can also, if we if we allow the Spirit to, to, to show us these things, what he's in essence saying is that prior to the judgment, prior to the outpouring of judgment, it is going to be so empty, it is going to feel so devoid within the culture and society, and yes, even within the community of religion itself, an emptiness uh, to have a presence of Jesus in our midst. And he says, you're going to be desiring to see that kind of a move of God or, or, or have a presence of the Lord with you. Now, also understand this. In my opinion, it doesn't mean that we'll be totally absent of his presence in our hearts because we see his presence in the hearts of the disciples that he's referencing here, right? Because they desire yeah. to see one of the days, right? So and it means a, that This is a prophecy, Brother Marty. This is a prophecy yeah. of the end times that you're reading here. And yeah. it's concerning the visibility of Christ uh, in society and culture. He's basically saying uh, it's going to be very hard to find the true preaching of the gospel in those days. Well, he's saying, he's saying, look, you're going to look, people are going to look for it here and there. It's it's not going to be at the forefront. Contrary to what's being uh, believed and what's being told to us by the uh, apostate church, that Christ is more visible in culture than ever before. <laughs> yeah. Right? right. So, so think about this. That's what the apostate church because they got access to the White House. You know, they're being relevant with the culture. They have mega mm -hmm. churches and thousands and thousands of people packing their churches. But they're, but that's contrary. If we are in the last days, correct? If we believe that we are in the last, that's contrary to what Jesus is saying would happen. Yes. Right. Because they're saying, "Lo, he is here. Lo, he's there." No, 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 no. He's, he's, the kingdom of God is in you. It, 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 it's going to be a relationship with individuals, disciples. That's so, good. Like you said yesterday, the disciplined one. Right? Yes. So think about that. I want the listener to really think about that. Jesus is saying the visibility of the message and preaching of Jesus Christ in, in, in society and in our day and culture is going to be very rare. Yes. What the apostate church is saying today is that I mean, Jesus is cooler than ever before. <laughs> He's everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I, I think it's appropriate. We have a young man in our panel today, Brother Jeremiah, who's also my son. He's 18 years old. And uh, if, if I may just ask him a question, you know, based on what Brother Marty, Brother Fernando, what, what we're saying today, how Jesus is being represented, Presented, I think there's not a better person to ask than Jeremiah. How do you see Jesus being presented? What you see uh, to your generation? Are we are we missing it here, or or how do you see Jesus being presented to your generation, Jeremiah? Um, I think you guys are hitting it on the nail. Um, I really do think that Jesus is being misrepresented. Um. Not not just by the Christians that that say they follow him, but by the preachers that are that are preaching the word, because they present Jesus in a way that 
that makes him seem like he's too nice to do to confront you about anything. Like mm-hmm. they present him in a way that that makes him sound and and seem like like if he's just like he was a good man and all he does is love and love and that's it. And yes, Jesus does do that, but also you got to remember when when you read the gospel, what the gospel does is it confronts sin at the very at the very root of it. And if you yeah. see throughout Jesus' ministry, he's always confronting sin at the root of it. He's always dealing with the heart. And we can even go back to the Sermon on the Mount and things like that. And, and even with what's being said here, as he's confronting the Pharisees and the disciples at the root of the issue. And a lot of the preachers today, they don't do that. And so their their presentation of Jesus becomes more of, hey, you know, he loves you. And there's just nothing but grace and love for you. And yes, that's true. But no one really touches this aspect of Jesus where he comes to deal with the real issues. And and they don't want to do that because it turns people away because it confronts who they really are. And and that's what Jesus did. And, and we as believers, you know, and we're not trying to divide, but it's to it's we have to be honest with people and we have to be honest the same way Jesus was. Jesus was really honest with people. And I think the misrepresentation of Jesus, especially to my generation, it makes it seem like if it's almost, okay, well, I guess I can have Jesus sort of like an, as an accessory or as a backpack so I could just put him on like when I need him. But when I don't need him, you know, he'll just be off to the side. And, and that's how Jesus is being presented to the people today, and especially to my generation. And I think that's why so many kids end up leaving church, especially my age in college, because, because when they get to college, they're being confronted about the God and the Jesus they serve. But it's totally contrary to what they've been taught in church, you know, and, and they yeah. don't have that real, you know, relationship, but they haven't been really presented who Jesus really is. And the only way you get to know that is if you you have that personal connection with the Lord, you have that personal time. And, you know, I really do think that Jesus is misrepresented, uh, especially in our culture today, you know, and then we don't have to look no further than the preachers of America who are supposed to be ambassadors of Jesus Christ, but yet they they talk about God with their words, but the way they act kind of nullifies what they're saying in a way. And um, you know, I think that's a real that's a real uh a real issue because Jesus is being misrepresented and, and people are, are turning away and they're they're being given a fake a false truth. And um you know, and that's why I totally agree with what you guys are saying. You know, I think Jesus really deals with the root, and, and that's why so many people are afraid to talk about the real Jesus, because he deals and confronts with sin at the root and at the core. And, um, you know, that's if I could powerful. add anything, I would I would add that. That's really powerful, and, and it makes me think of of, uh, of, uh, of what he's saying, what he's actually saying. It, it, it's very, it goes very much along with what you're saying, the results what you're talking about are the results of, of the lack of the real Jesus. And, and, and it, it's really, because it's really interesting. Uh, and that, that was really awesome, brother Jeremiah. Uh, th- it's really interesting in verse 22, because he says, again, let's look at this again, because Jeremiah made me think of this. Uh, it, 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 the spirit really made me think of this is when Jeremiah was talking. He said, he said unto the disciples, the days will come when when you shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man. And that's really, really interesting. 
Because just before he makes that statement, the very same thing is what the Pharisees are asking, right? Where is this kingdom, this kingdom of God? You know, and 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 then he then when he turns his attention to his disciplined ones, it's almost as if he's saying, it's going to be like the days of Noah, which he says at the end, but uh, uh, t- the concluding statement. But he begins to transition into that 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 place where he'll say like the days of Noah by telling them the Pharisees were looking for the kingdom of God and didn't recognize it or see it. He said the days are going to come in the future upon that future last generation when they will desire to see one of the days. They're going to want to see it, but they're not going to see it. And it's almost as if he's implying that like the Pharisees who missed it, there will be a future generation that that if they're wow. not careful, will miss it. You know, you're That's not going right. to see it the way you think. Because when it reaches that time, he goes on to talk about, it's going to be like lightning flashing from one end of heaven to the other. The final judgment is coming. It's it's coming and it's going to be indicative of of of, of causing this thing to rise within you a great desire, but there's going to be a space and you need to be careful, you know, because, because what he told the Pharisees, and I think he's referencing the same thing as a cautionary thing to us, the kingdom of heaven is within you is what he went on to tell them. Right. And in essence, he says, and the days are going to come you, my disciples, even when you're going to desire to see it, uh, but you won't see it. Because wow. he's admonishing them to to maintain that rule of God within their own spirit. See, yeah. that's what Noah did. Noah became so isolated because of the wickedness of his day. And remember, in Noah's generations, there were godly. There was a godly generation that came from Seth to Enoch to Methuselah to Lamech, and then to Noah. But all the children born up of that line came from a line that understood uh, this God, right? This God of of Adam, this God of Seth, this God of Enoch, this God of Methuselah. So it it wasn't as if they weren't in a culture that hadn't been exposed uh, 10 generations (laughs) through the 10 generations that existed before the flood. It wasn't as if they hadn't been exposed to God. It's just that by the time that we get to Noah, it has become so isolating. In other words, they had so let go of the things uh, 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 of the revelation of God that it was reduced mm. down to a small remnant uh, that that maintained his authority within the quality of their spirit and soul in the midst of a wicked generation. And this is what he's telling them. The days are going to come. You're going to, the temptation will be to see a visible manifestation just prior to the judgment. And and in essence, it could be setting up a scenario that Brother Fernando was talking about, where if we're not careful, that apostate church uh, manifests, it begins to grow up and, 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 and represent Jesus in a different way, right? Because that's where they go on in verse 23 to say, there's going to come in that time saying, oh, he's over here, or oh, he's over there. He's moving here. He's moving there. You understand what I'm telling you? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like the pursuit for the kingdom of God uh, was no longer in the hearts of the people. 
And that's why he said the, the kingdom of God is in you. It's yes. either in you or it's no longer there. And that's what's happening yes. with today's messages. It's no longer, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Feeding the spirit man uh, to pursue after Jesus Christ and, and the kingdom that is to come. So it's not in their hearts. So then what happens is it's not in their hearts. They begin to look at the temporal thing, right, and, yeah. and, and looking for a kingdom that this world can offer. And that's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really antichrist spirit. Yes. Because they will be presented with a kingdom on earth, but it's not the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the kingdom and that is of, what, the, of the wicked one. And that is what the Lord told him when he admonished the, the Pharisees. Remember, he said, I come to you in my father's name and you don't receive me. And then he says, but there's coming another one in his own name, referencing that future Antichrist. Him you're going to receive. Why? Because of what you're saying, Brother Fernando. He's going to offer a visible kingdom on earth. Yes. So so deceiving will be those days that Jesus said, if it was possible, the very elect would be deceived. This is why it's so vital and why we're really beginning to push hard in the word that we're teaching. Because I believe, as the word is being revealed to us by the Spirit in this time, that we are being called to um, to really hunker down, to, to tighten up our shoelaces, man, and to redouble our efforts in the pursuit of the Lord and in the in the in the in the keeping of our families and our communities and our fellowship amongst the brethren who truly love the Lord. So that's that's one aspect of looking at it, but also we can look at it in the way that we were talking about earlier. It doesn't mean that we'll be totally absent of His presence in our hearts, because we see. As Jesus reveals that they will they will desire one of his days, one of his days to have the Lord present, you know, and so that gives us an indication that that, you know, like Brother Jeremiah was just saying, that that the Jesus that's being presented isn't the Jesus that we know on the inside. Our spirits don't bear witness with it. And but it but it also indicates that that his spirit is yet present with us inside of us. It shows the desire, because if they're desiring him, they're desi- if we're desiring him, it means his spirit's within us. But then he says yes. something really interesting. He says, you're not going to see it. And, and when Marty, I was reading it's, it's it. Like, it's, like, it's like the days of Samuel, where it says, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no mm-hmm. open vision. doesn't mean there wasn't oh. vision. It just wasn't open. It wasn't, uh, you know, it, it, it wasn't in the mainstream, so to speak. Right. Well, That's right. you know, verse 20, Brother Marty, Brother Fernando, Brother Germain, all our listeners, it, it also reflects to us just how distorted uh, their vision of the coming kingdom Messiah was. They're asking a question to the very essence of the kingdom, Jesus Christ himself, and they could not see it. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. and that's why Jesus has to correct them and he confronts them. And there's a passage that I uh uh, in John 5, verse 39, he tells them, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, but they are they which testify of me, of Jesus right. Christ. You know, so you see that they had no, um, you know, like you said, you know, I do these things in my Father's name. You cannot see it, you know, that he has sent me. He bore witness of me. But he tells them, you neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. 
because you right. don't have his word abiding in you. Right? Mm. So it, it, it just tells you just how distorted their view that they had the very essence of the kingdom of God in front of their face and they could not see it. And, and then the Bible also speaks too because there will come a blinding. I shall bring distress to men and blind them. They shall be as blind men walking. Right? Mm. And, right. and he's going to reveal himself to those that are searching and looking for him in this hour. And I just that's, wanted to bring good. that up. No, that's really good. And and that's, that is what he's saying. You know, that, that uh, also let's look at it, uh, consider it from that point of view as well. When he says, you shall not see it. Um, the desire is to have Christ present. Right. And he says, you're not going to, to see that. Uh, he, and remember again, he's referencing the days of Noah in verse twenty-six. It, it was as it was in the days of Noah. So right. when he says you shall not see it, it is it is something that we need to anchor our understanding to because of what he says after that. That there's going to be many people saying he's over here and he's over there, and, and he's saying he he's warning. And, and I was thinking about this because through the years we we've we've read about. You know, in, in the history of the church of great revivals and great awakenings that took place. You know, the Finneys, the Spurgeons, the 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 Methodist preaching Wesley brothers. I mean, the Puritans. I mean, the the moves of God. Uh, Martin Luther in the ninety five thesis. I mean, the, these great changes and shifts of of the uh, of the moving of the Spirit of God through history. But in connection with with the, the that that generation that would be alive as it was in the days of Noah, like what Noah experienced, uh, it says the Lord reveals you're not going to see it. What what I think that He was saying there was was that the days when you reach this point, you're not going to see true days of the Lord anymore. You're not going to see these great revivals that all these false prophets are running around saying we're we're going to have this great revival. How long have you been hearing, brother? Right. You're old enough to know that, right? <laughs> I mean, right yeah. God's really moving, or in this hour we're going to see this great outpouring of the Spirit. Really? All I'm seeing is, is streets filled with rebellious children burning down churches and threatening police officers. And I mean, we go down the list, man, but we're not seeing revival. And that's what Jesus was trying to say. You're not going to see it. But then he gives, mm. but it, 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 it's like a time it has reached that he's revealing in the future uh which he would which he would say, go on to say right it's it's just like Noah's day so remember Noah was a preacher of righteousness right and so we we know that the message is is going to be one of righteousness and repentance it's the same of John the Baptist right he was a preacher of righteousness and repentance it, it's yeah. always before judgment always before an appearance of the lord that this kind of shift takes place where no open, like Brother Fernando was just quoting, no open vision, no open revival, no open move of God. That's what he's saying. You're not going to see that, but you are going to see the false. Remember, when Noah, Noah didn't see any revival in his days, but he preached for 120 years a consistent message of the coming judgment of the Lord and the need to turn and repent, but there was no move of God. <laughs> and that's what he's saying here. In the future, boys, it's going to be like Noah's day. 
you're going to want to see a move of God, but you're not going to see it. And and coupled with that, you're going to have a bunch of people around you saying there is a move of God taking place. They're going to say it's happening over here. Or we're we're having the move of the spirit over here. But but these are the false prophets and the false churches that are going to say that. That's kind of what Jesus is saying. Yeah, he says, you know the Go ahead. <laughs> the Marty, you know the the move of God that is coming wow. is 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 on on an individual basis. You know what I'm saying? Inward. There's a revival in within the person, like he said, the kingdom is within you. That's the move mm-hmm. of God that we believe, uh, reviving hearts, preparing them, but not as we see it preached today, right? You know the message yeah. of, of 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 Noah wasn't. Hey, revival's coming. Good times are here again. Or, or uh, you know, the the, the message of, of Noah was repent. A flood is coming. You know, turn yes. your hearts to God. So yes. if we speak about revival, it's only within individuals. God speaks to multitudes, but he deals with individuals. Yes. And that's the revival that, that I sense that is coming, but it's, it's on an individual ba- basis. Those that are seeking, the hearts that are seeking after him. In those people, they're going to experience a revival within, because the kingdom is within you. We're always looking yes. towards, right, the church as a whole and multitudes and filling stadiums. No, 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 no. God is moving individually in hearts right now. I just wanted to yeah. know, bring that up. No, that, that goes right along with what, what the Lord is saying, because he's implying to that generation who's desiring what you're talking about and whose inward man is being is controlled and ruled by God. And, and we, and we know as he goes on to say the days of Noah, that, that, that Noah was up under the same kind of thing and it will return again. And he's letting them know that you're you're going to desire to see one of the days or have me present. You're going to have that desire, uh, but you're not going to see it. You're not going to 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 have that move of God as as you've been having in your walk with me here, right? All these miracles, all these all this stuff you've been seeing. He says it's not going to be at that time. It's going to be like Noah's day. There's going to be these these individual pockets of isolated, consecrated, just perfect and walking with God kind of people. And and yes. and he says and then he says this, but into that. And and this is the warning. He says, they're going to be telling you, no, 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 he's over here or he's over right. there. Mm-hmm. And and it's as if the message is being confronted because you have two different kinds of, 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 of representative gospel there. You have one that says, no, this isn't it, <laughs> you know, and then you have the other one almost like contramanding them and saying, no, you guys, your, your timing's off. God's actually moving over here. Or, yes, he's still manifesting over here. And and what yeah. Jesus is revealing is that they're going to say that to you. They're going to judge the success of your Christianity by the visible demonstration of what they call God. Mm, wow. And Jesus says, don't go after them. Don't follow them because they're blind. They're the false church, like Brother Fernando was just talking about. They're the backslidden church. They they are completely oblivious, and they're blind to the times, thinking that God is amongst them. And the Lord, the Lord, think about, 
Well, so if, if if it happened in his day, then you know, you it makes you wonder. Then how did that manifest itself? Well, how how kind of that? How did that kind of thinking manifest itself in the days of Noah? Right? What were they looking to? Yeah. Obviously, they rejected Noah's message, right? Yeah. Which brought about the judgment of God. But the enemy has so corrupted the earth in that day uh, and had presented to that generation uh, some kind of a visible kingdom, you know, mm-hmm. uh, on the earth at that time. And 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 we know what took place in Genesis six. Uh, so the people were so corrupted, but to counterbalance that that apostate church, so to speak, that was alive in Noah's day, because it had to be, it had to be yes. right. He had yes. to raise up a Noah. Yes. To say, wait a minute, no, 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 this is not the kingdom of God. Right? right, the kingdom of God is in you. It's it's within us, right? And and it's happening in Christ's day. He's seeing it. It's almost like the, he, he, he's seeing it by the Spirit. The days of Noah yes. playing out in his day. Yes. And how how everything manifested itself. Powers of darkness taking over the Pharisees, just like in the days of Noah's generation, where the powers of darkness took over that generation. He's seeing it. Right, and it and he's saying it's going to happen in these last days. So, what is the mm-hmm. believer supposed to be looking out for? You're supposed to be looking out for that Noah kind of message. You're right. Where is it? That's that's where the move of God is at. That's right. And that's that's, that's where that, the move of what, God is at. And that's what I think he's revealing in verse 24 is the message, because he talks about the lightning that lighteth under heaven. It's a sudden appearance. In his day, he says, this is the day you're going to see is is my return. It's the day of judgment. It's also the day of rescue. Uh, but it's interesting when he talks about the false, like you're mentioning there, he, he's in verse 22, he says, uh, excuse me, in verse 23, when he says, they're going to say this to you, see, he's here or he's there. And then he, he, he says two things. He says, go not, go not after them. And number two, nor follow them. And, and and what we have there are two characteristics uh, that will be the temptation to those um, that are not seeing what they desire, which is Christ's present. And, and what he means by go not after, that carries with it the feeling of an emotional response. You know, it, it's a quick following. It's a quick not uh, – it's a quick uh, move toward – it's an emotional thing. You know, don't go after that. You know, don't don't go after. And then he says, and don't follow to follow something in this context is to learn what it is they're teaching you. That's what he's implying. You know, follow me. Right. <laughs> Come follow me. Yeah. You know, Follow me as I follow Christ. Right. He's implying teaching and emotion. And, and it seems like he's revealing that these will be the characteristics of the false at the end. It, 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 it's it's emotional. It's hyper-emotional, and it, and it couples it with teaching. So don't go after them and don't follow them. You know, don't follow their teachings. Don't listen to them telling you I'm here or I'm there or I'm moving here or there. You're not going to see it. You're not going to see this awakening, this revival. We've reached the end is what he's saying at that time. Like you said earlier, he's prophesying, right? And so understand that and anchor yourself to that. Trust your instincts. Trust your understanding. 
because what's next on the agenda, he says, is the end of time. Judgment is going to come. And, and, and yet, it'll rescue you. You'll be rescued. They'll be judged. As the lightning that lighteth out under one part of heaven, verse 24, and shines to the other, that's how it will be when the Son of Man comes. It's going to be a flash in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, right? To us, it's salvation. To yeah. them, it's judgment, just like it was in the days of Noah. You know, it, to the, Peter wrote it this way, that Noah was saved by the water. <laughs> That's how he said it. So, it, it, and, 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 and so it's, it's while it was the salvation of the water lifted the ark above the judgment, Yet the, the yet the water was also judgment. It was both judgment and salvation. Just as the lightning will be salvation to the children of God in these days that are ahead, so it will also be a day of judgment for the people of the world. And then he says we're something talking, really we're, interesting. We're talking about Noah, but, right, and how God dealt yes. with him in preparation yes. for his ministry. Right? We yes. know what took place in his day, but we're talking about how God dealt with Noah. So, yeah, just as you're hearing the word, as you're listening to this podcast, and and we're telling you to make that spiritual assessment of what's really going on, the same happened with Noah. He had to come to that place and say, wait a minute. They're saying this over there. They're saying that over here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But what is God saying? Yeah. What is really taking place? This is where it all begins. This is where it all right. begins. Do we believe that this is really taking place in our day, you that are listening, or do you not? Because that's how God is dealing with you. That's how he deals with his servants. That's where he dealt with every man and that we find every character in Scripture, you know, that God raised up in, in their generation to preach the gospel. They all were faced with these questions. What, what is really going on? You know, is there a move of God taking place or is there not? Is it visible or is it not? Where is the move of God? Right. The move of God is in the the word of God. Amen. In his word, right? So, again, this is is what's coming to the listener today. This is what you're hearing. It's the word of God confronting you. And, again, and I said it yesterday, this is Jesus speaking of what will take place in the last days. This is him speaking. Yeah, that's so similar too, um, because I, there's a similarity here too that we need to, uh, um, you know, at least just say it in passing right now. And that that in the days of Noah, remember there was a man who lived by the name of Methuselah. And Methuselah, his name has has to do a lot. He comes from the Noah comes from the lineage of Methuselah, right? And it, it, what does his name mean? It alludes to when I die, what's going to come? A flood. When I die. And I think this burned, you know, uh, Noah took a hold of this. <laughs> you know, also, you know, in understanding there was a sign for that generation. Jesus was a sign to that generation and they missed it. Right? Just as That's Methuselah right. was, a, was a sign in the days of Noah. And I see similarities that... Uh, there, I mean, I, I don't want to go into it, but I'm just saying there is some similarities. You know, the signs that that generation had in Noah and the signs yes. that they had in the times of Jesus. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, that's right. And, and that's the, the, those are some of the things we'll explore as we go on in the, in the week. 
and and they're very profound because since you mentioned Methuselah, I mean that's Noah's great great grandfather, right? I mean that's right. that's that's the son of of uh, Enoch, and and so as and we're gonna we're gonna document some things for. For for our uh, for the listening audience, for the podcast audience, <clears throat> those that'll be listening later, um, in in other broadcast mediums that we're that we're recording these programs for, that that remember that that the prophecies were prevalent in the days of Noah. They had been handed down from generation to generation. Prophecies that had their origination, according to Josephus, from Adam himself. And so Noah was living in a time where those prophecies had been handed down from generation to generation to generation and 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 it came to rest in his time he held to it he saw like you were saying he looked around he began to recognize but as we'll get into it in the coming days we'll see that that there would come a particular moment when God himself would intervene and speak directly to Mo, to, to Noah speak directly to Noah and then give him divine instruction as to what he must do to ensure the safety of his family and ultimately the saving of of, of his soul, right? Of, of their soul. Yes. Right. Yes. And, and and so and so here we are. Uh, Jesus in verse twenty five says, First he must suffer many things. He brings them back to their time. And and he says, and be rejected of this generation. This generation. Right, the suffering he was referring to was was going to Calvary, his trial, his Gethsemane, his trial, and Calvary. Uh, but the rejecting of the generation um, was not only leading up to that, but but after that. See, when Jesus rose from the dead, the opportunity was then still afforded Israel of his day to accept the message, and you can read the accounts of that in the Book of Acts. But the generation still rejected him afterwards. That's why he puts the suffering first and then the rejection. He doesn't put the rejection first, then the suffering, right? He's talking about, I'm going to Calvary, and then he says, and I will be rejected. In other words, my message, because that's what they did. They went around preaching the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That was rejected. Uh, They rejected it when Stephen stood in Acts chapter 6, I believe it is, 5 or 6, somewhere in there. And seven, where he stands and gives this great sermon and confronts the ruling elite, and they rejected and killed Stephen. And then finally, ultimately, it culminates with the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts, where where he where he he gets so frustrated with that generation that he says, "I'm no longer going to preach to you people, the Jewish people, right? Because I'm going to go to the Gentiles now," which was basically the fulfillment of prophecy spoken of by Isaiah. Uh, in the last chapters of Isaiah, where he said that he would be a light unto the Gentiles, that they would receive his name. And 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 so that's what Jesus was referring to, that post-resurrection, post-Calvary, it, the opportunity would be given for 40 years, and they would reject it. it. And then he goes right into the days of Noah. It's as if what he's hinting at there is that a space of time will go by, and and, and this preaching of of uh, of the judgment of God and 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 the salvation of God um, by turning to God um, was rejected in Noah's day. It was rejected after Jesus rose from the dead, and 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 hence he's saying in the last days the same message will be rejected at the end of time. 
It'll be coupled with suffering, and it'll be coupled with warning, and it will be coupled with the message of the coming judgment of the Lord. And that is where we have come to. And tomorrow, I think now we can go and begin to see the unfolding uh, revelation that came to Noah and how he was conducting himself leading up to when God actually breaks into his world and tells him this is it. This is that moment that Jesus called the lightning (laughs) flashing, you know, the judgment that would come and the rescue. At the same time, the same thing happened to the days of Noah. And and really, these are our times, right? The Lord told us that, that, that there'd be a false church abounding and that there'd also be a falling away. And, and that they would seek to seduce the unstable souls, like Peter said, who long for fellowship with the Lord. But, you know, we need to understand that judgment is coming, that the signs are around. And, 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 and the same message which, which Noah preached by warning what is coming, by admonishing for the, for the people of his day and, and, and subsequently the people of our day, that we must repent and prepare and separate ourselves from this fallen world. And and I know that the lightning out of the Jesus there, the lightning from east to west, right, uh, of his rescue, it's going to come suddenly. That's basically what he was saying. And it will save, uh, you know, this Noah-like generation, the true church of God, who who's calling out, whose kingdom is within them who have fidelity and qualities of character that are in absolute submission to the king of heaven, the king of glory. And they know that he's coming and that he's coming to judge the world. And so, you know, with all that, we'll go forward tomorrow, Lord willing, by his grace, and we'll begin to explore the days of Noah and, and, and what Father Noah was really like. And, and, and we'll begin to understand what we're being called to now. In essence, prepare an ark for our families uh, as we look uh, t- to the return of the Lord, right? That's our prayer. Yes. And we know he's coming yes. soon. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Man, um, it's been such a uh, tremendous insight that we're getting on these uh, scriptures that Jesus spoke, a conversation between him and the Pharisees, then him and the disciples. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Uh, and and I really believe uh, all these things are really going to help us as we as we are entering into another uh, time in our history as that we're living right now to be able to learn and glean how Noah was able to um, overcome how Noah was able to 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 find grace in the eyes of God. So I'm excited. I pray that you are too. I pray that you have been blessed today with the study of the word. We, You are in our prayers. We pray that the Lord will bless you, will keep you. And Lord willing, we'll be with you tomorrow again to continue with our series on the days of Noah. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. And keep looking up. <laughs>